This is Doug Beecham. Thank you for joining me as we continue um, this podcast. We are studying and talking some about how as Christian preachers, how do we preach from the Old Testament? How do we understand the Old Testament? And, And you may not be a pastor or a preacher, and as you listen, but as you study your Bible, you have some of the same questions. If you're just joining me on this podcast and did not hear the previous podcast, I'm gonna ask you to read a document before we continue into this podcast. That document is found uh, at the IPHC website, iphc.org. You, uh, on the homepage, you'll see, you'll see at the top something called About Us. Put your cursor over that. The first uh, thing that will open up is uh, who we are and put your paper, your cursor over that, and it will, it will then open up. Just go down, you'll see the little list. It's about four or five lines down. It's called Position Papers. Click that, and it will take you to a list of position papers of the IPHC. The one I want you to be sure to have read before we continue in this podcast is the one that's called Marriage and Sexual Morality. So if you've not read that, uh, just pause this, click that, read it, and then come back to it, okay? Well, thank you for taking time to look at that. There are some things I want to talk to you about specifically to the IPHC, the IPHC's understanding of, of marriage and the IPHC's understanding of, of, of various sexual sins, particularly the sin of homosexuality. I know that's not popular today for us to talk about that. And we get accused of being hateful, which is not the case. We, the real issue is for us, does, what does God's word say? And I'm putting this within the context of the teaching of Jesus. And so that's why I'd, if you have had time to look at, at the position paper, there was a section there on page seven of the position paper called The Teaching of Jesus. So I want to make reference to that in this particular podcast. Mark 7, verses 21 and 22, uh, Jesus says this, uh, and, and really you could start it at verse 20. Jesus said, what comes out of a man is what comes out of a man that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. It's out of the heart, Jesus said, that a listing of sinful actions is not meant to be uh, uh, inclusive of everything. It lists the primary categories of those things that are evil and sinful in the sight of God and are damaging ultimately to humanity. I want to note for you that in recent years, there's been a huge push, even within the Christian community, of of advocates of sexual immorality, particularly the immorality of homosexuality, that have claimed that Jesus does not address this particular sin and, and that Jesus... Uh, is an advocate 
of loving homosexual relationships. Well, that position is a profound error. It's a profound error to interpret the teachings of Jesus if this particular sin and lifestyle are no longer sinful. There are a lot of reasons, but they include this. Number one, the effort to understand Jesus as approving loving homosexual relationships is at best based on arguments from silence and at worst based on, on ignorance and rejection of the Word of God. Really, arguments from silence are weak arguments. And uh, an exegetical interpretive model that uses this argument can find an excuse for Jesus for any action or attitude. Uh, Jesus does not name uh, uh, does not does not name uh, nuclear war. So an argument from silence could be Jesus is in favor of nuclear war. That's an absurd kind of argument. The failure to interpret Jesus' teachings in light of his Jewishness and commitment to the Torah borders on and really is akin to the Marcionite and Gnostic heresies, which I mentioned in a previous podcast, which the church has consistently rejected. Number two, Jesus never rejected the moral law of the Torah. He fulfilled the ceremonial law in his death and resurrection. That's why lambs and bulls and, and all the other sacrifices, the book of Hebrews makes it clear, none of those are, are necessary any longer. Jesus died once for all. He is the Lamb of God. But nowhere did Jesus reject the commandments and the moral law of God. That's why Jesus had no reason to specifically mention homosexuality because every Jew in Jesus' day would have known that such actions were contrary to the divine will, to the divine will and were perversions of God's design. And importantly, by the way, as you move into the apostolic witness, you find in the Apostle Paul, Paul does name homosexuality as a sin. And that's just a consistent understanding of Scripture, including the teachings of Jesus that moves into the apostolic teaching. The third item is that in, in somewhat in relationship to the second point, Jesus, uh, and I'm going to quote um, an IPHC New Testament scholar, Dr. Ryan Jackson, Jesus had no reservations, quote, challenging moral turpitude in his society. He challenged social, religious, and even political mores, for example, in his view of women and his challenge to political and religious power. In this light, if Jesus had meant to overturn millennia of Jewish understanding of marriage, he would not have been afraid to do so. Jesus makes it abundantly clear that marriage is only between a man and a woman. This is why the IPHC does not accept the modern definition of marriage, particularly since the redefinition by the United States Supreme Court. Marriage in God's eyes is between a man and a woman. And no other relationship, as loving as it may be, and as good as other people may be. This is not a statement about whether somebody else is a good person. It does, it's not even a statement about whether there's, there's love. It is a statement about God's divine order. 
The fourth thing I draw your attention to is that Jesus' commands to love were never commands to violate the intention and the spirit of the Torah. Love was and is always defined in relation to God's revealed truth. This is because love fulfills the law, as Paul puts it in Galatians 5, verses 14 and verse 18. The fifth point for you is that when Jesus confronted people ensnared in sin, he not only offered grace, but he called them to repent and follow him in a new way of living. Jesus, whatever the sin may be, whether it's lying, whether it's theft, whether it's immorality, whatever, whether it's idolatry, Jesus does not say, come and confess your sins and continue in the same path. Do you remember the woman caught in adultery? Jesus comes to her and he says to her, after giving grace to her, that, that her sins are forgiven, go and sin no more. We are called to a new life, a life that is that conforms to the Holy Spirit's witness in the divine scripture of what it means to live in Torah, in the revelation of God's will. And then finally, going back to the issue of marriage, and I hinted, I, I made reference of, the, of this before. When Jesus spoke of marriage without a hint of an exception, Jesus spoke of the Father's will as marriage between a man and a woman. Only a man and a woman can become one flesh. Two men cannot do that. Two women cannot do that. Only a man and a woman can become one flesh because God created us with the unique physical qualities that make that union possible. Now, I'm, you can read the rest of the position paper as the IPHC expresses, how do we in Christian love relate to those, whether it's homosexual or whatever the sin may be, how do we relate to those? And that's not my intention here in this particular uh, podcast. My, the focus of this podcast is to use this issue as an example to show you how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament revelations in Scripture. And he did not reject them. The ones he specifically changes, which I'll talk to you about in the next podcast, he doesn't change them in any way that changes their meaning. In fact, he expands the meaning of them in light of the love that he calls us to. Well, thanks for listening. And I, I know this might have been for some of you a very challenging podcast. And who knows, there may be people who disagree. But I ask you to be in prayer, and in particular for the IPHC family, read that whole document because it calls us to a righteous way of relating to anyone found in sin where gospel grace can be given and where lives can truly be transformed. Thanks for listening.